Hey listeners, welcome to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. My name is Preeti Padmanabhan, technology executive, investor and board member. In this episode, we will review the book Alchemist, written by Brazilian author Paula Coelho in the year 1988. This book is different from our usual podcast picks on leadership, technology and business. Alchemist is a fictional novel. We picked this book as it gives deep insights into following one's dreams, accomplishing personal legends and overcoming failure. It has been an inspiring read for me. Our guest today is Shika Mittal. Shika is the senior director of product management at VMware. Shika and I worked together at Cisco and we built some of the leadership development and mentoring programs as part of the diversity and inclusion efforts. Shika, welcome to the 10X Growth Podcast. Hi, Preeti. Happy to be here. Thank you for welcoming me. Wonderful. Tell us about your career journey and key turning points along the way. Sure thing. So let's work backwards. Like you said, I lead product management at VMware. Um, I'm responsible for building digital workspace products. And these are very relevant in today's uh, market, especially with remote working and future of work. So that has been an interesting uh, journey for me right there. Before this, I was at Cisco, like you pointed out. And there I was also leading product management for different products. The last one was in SD-WAN space, accelerating applications and so on. And then it was in the small and medium business space, building network management. Um, and before that, I started my career as a software engineer. Um, in terms of turning points, I think the biggest turning point was when I kind of realized that I had enjoyed the software engineering run. I thoroughly enjoyed it, I must say, right out of college. It was good times, building products and so on. But then at some point, I think I started realizing that I wanted to see the business end of it and how to grow the business. How are those decisions made? And so I made a switch into product management. Um, and then I think I just didn't look back. I've had different people take chances on me. And um, over the years, it so happens that I seem to be building a 1.0 product. So many of uh, new releases and new product launches altogether have started to become my forte. And that's part of the reason why I was hired into VMware as well. So yeah, that's been my journey and uh, it's been a very exciting ride. It's inspiring to hear your career journey, Shika. You're certainly a great motivator for the up and coming generation. And thanks for sharing your tips there. Uh, let's talk about the book, Alchemist. Why did you choose to read this book? Yeah, I know, right? It's a little bit different from the rest of the books you've covered in your podcast. So, you know, what I found myself needing or thinking about a lot is that as I was expanding my organization, leading so many different kinds of people, and, you know, you're making bets on different strategies and so on, um, I found myself thinking a lot about the decision-making process, the critical thinking how to work with these uh, you know, different kinds of people and affect so much change. Um, so I wanted to start thinking about that, reading a little bit about uh, how folks have uh, experienced this. And uh, since I wasn't picking up sort of the self-help books, 
I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go to the root of it. And I got interested in philosophy. And I was actually intending to pick up the book Meditations. This is uh, written by a Roman emperor about his Stoic philosophy. And that's what I was actually going to go pick out. But then in my search, I think I came up on Alchemist. It was a quick read. And I thought I'll get started with this one as a lighter read. And it has been very inspirational, um, you know, a, a quick read, but very powerful one. And uh, it sort of reaffirms, you know, the cornerstones of logic and reason and helps you think about how to arrive at your decisions. So that's what led me to this book. Wow, that's a nice way to look at decision making and logic. And certainly meditations is also on my reading list. I have the book and I want to get to that someday. Uh, and it's, it's amazing how some of these books that pull up from history and talk about how things were done in the past can actually impact the way we do things today and in the future. So tell us, what are the top three takeaways you got from the book, Alchemist? Yeah, so I think you definitely hit on the, the big main theme, which is to follow your personal legend, or simply put, to follow your dreams, right? It's a very basic uh, philosophy, you might think, something which is stable stakes. But it goes through this nice little story where, you know, this uh, shepherd boy is uh, constantly chasing the dreams, regard regardless of all the obstacles that he faces. And I think that is a huge takeaway, no matter how, you know, what kind of obstacles uh, life throws your way, how you can just continue to follow that personal legend because you believe in it because you want it, you crave it, right? You have that burning desire for it. And that alone should be enough to take you to that. So I think that is a nice reminder that, hey, that basic philosophy holds true. So that was a big takeaway. The second one is to not uh, be afraid of failure because that's bound to happen. And you might as well just get on with it, right? And try, try again and keep trying because anything worth having is going to be hard. And so that's another uh, big takeaway in this book. And it's put in very subtly throughout the story itself. And the third one, which uh, really stood out to me surprisingly is to follow the omens that the universe seems to throw your way all the time. It's just really up to you to sit up and take notice. It's there all around you all the time. So maybe it's a question of whether you are open to it. Are you listening? Are you watching out for these omens? Because they're there. And these tell you, you know, how to maybe overcome something that uh, would seem like a challenge or maybe rejoice in some of the smaller victories which take you one step closer to your personal legend. So I, I really like that uh, following the omens uh, takeaway as well, because the other universal truth is that you know, if you really want it, the universe will conspire to make it happen. So I truly believe in that. Great summary of the book, Shika. In fact, uh, let me unpack that a little bit. You know, you talked about following one's personal legend. In fact, uh, most of the Silicon Valley startups and uh, startups around the world wouldn't exist unless entrepreneurs went and followed their own personal legend and calling. So certainly that is the great message here on going and following what you truly believe, even if the whole world doesn't uh, agree with you, right? You believe in it so much. And you talked about taking risks. That is also part of the whole startup journey, uh, right? Uh, and, uh, and finally, you talked about the omens, 
a way I came to understand it was intuition and the gut instinct that we get as leaders and as people, right? Oftentimes, we get this feeling, oh, you know what, that is really good for me. Or we might feel, oh my God, maybe that is not right for me. And that comes from within us, that sort of sense of intuition. And uh, that also I, I consider as something that helps me and can help others to make the right decision. Absolutely. I, I almost think that that voice is another person. It's a version of yourself, your conscience, whatever you want to call it. You can actually have a conversation with this person because that is the sound of reason. And absolutely, I completely agree with you. Uh, your intuition is going to tell you things like it is, whether you like it or not. And it's up to you whether you follow it, whether you have the courage to follow it. Absolutely. I'm going to unpack that personal legend piece by reading a passage from the book. Once personal legend is what you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when they are young, knows what their personal legend is. At that point in their lives, everything is clear and everything is possible. They are not afraid to dream and to yearn for everything they would like to see happen to them in their lives. But as time passes, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it will be impossible for them to realize their personal legend. Whoever you are or whatever it is that you do, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of the universe. It's your mission on earth. What's your perspective on this? Pursuing one's dreams towards their personal legend and not letting these voices get in the way. Yeah, it requires courage. I will say that much because we all have dreams. Some are dreams which we don't even want to articulate because we are afraid that we will fail. And I think that's pretty much it, right? Um, that's probably what is holding one back because they're afraid that this might not work out at all. You know, I often, when I'm talking with my children, uh, I sometimes have to say, what's the worst that can happen, right? Okay, it won't work out. Let's try it out anyway. Um, so I sometimes ask that to myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so that's really what it is, uh, the fear of failure that is perhaps holding you back. It's rarely the combination of logistics, really. You know, it's a fear of failure of just, or, or not believing that you can do it. Um, that's the other thing which sometimes surfaces, oh, you know, I'm not cut out for this. No way. Can I really do that? No chance, right? So that, and now there's a nice term for it. You know, there's this word called imposter syndrome, but yes, it's real. It's definitely out there and you feel it, uh, but that's what you have to convince yourself and have the courage to say, what's the worst that can happen? Let me give it a try. If I fail, I fail, but at least I would have tried it. So very profound, this one, um, the passage that you read, very true, very applicable even now. And we just have to figure out and the courage to overcome that and continue to follow that, uh, that desire. You brought up such an important point, and I'm glad you mentioned about the imposter syndrome and, uh, you know, and how that can get in the way. In fact, I've heard many leaders say it's we who get in our own way, right? The, the path is there, the opportunities are there, but when we don't believe in ourselves and when we are afraid of failure and have that imposter syndrome, then we stop ourselves from achieving our fullest potential. 
I'd love to hear insights from your own journey on any time you might have had the imposter syndrome and how did you overcome it? Are there any tips you'd like to share to our listeners? Yeah, I think that's a show in itself. But yes, um, I think I've had this uh, on multiple occasions. You know, whenever you're in charge of hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, a business, there, is, there are questions that come to your mind. Am I doing, you know, can I do this? Uh, can I take this risk? I'm going to be affecting this huge team, this huge org, and you're going to be doing this. Can I do this on my own? And there is this fear. And, you know, this happens all the time. But I, I think over, over time now, uh, I have come to this point where I want to, you know, dig deep and look at the past successes, right? Those did not happen by chance. So I have to almost remind myself, I have to actually look back at some of the successes and say, these happened because I put my heart and soul and muscle into it. I made it happen. I can do this. Why am I doubting it? And also, you know, surrounding yourself with leaders who believe in you. I find that so inspiring. And it's not like you need a sermon. You just need a word here, a statement here, where you can see that your, your superior trusts you. That didn't happen by chance, right? So those are like the omens. <laughs> those are those signs which help you know that I can do this. I just have to get out of the way, stop the self-sabotaging and get on with it. So I think that's, that's really the way to overcome that thing. Just look back at your own successes and believe in yourself. Absolutely. Let's all believe in ourselves. I think that is a great and simple way that you have proposed there to look back at our own successes. And we've all had many of them before. Yeah. And why do we need to doubt ourselves now, right? We will make more successes happen. So talking about dreams, the author says that it's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. What are some dreams you have pursued that have come true? And how was the experience? You know, dreams have been there since we were little kids, right? I mean, we've been thinking about something or the other to keep motivating us. And uh, I've had sort of big and small dreams, but each one accomplishing them has been extremely rewarding. And it goes back to like, hey, I, I thought about this, I put it out there in the universe, and then I made it happen. And so that if not, even if the dream is small, it gives you the confidence that this can work out. So I think at one point when I was just embarking on the product management route, yeah, I want to be the, the head of a business, which is hundreds of millions of dollars, um, or maybe start something from scratch and grow it to that point. And now I can say that I've actually accomplished that dream. Uh, and now I'm wondering, why did I dream so small? I should have dreamed a lot bigger. So, you know, next dream, pump it up a little bit. So that's the plan. But um, that's a small example of a dream. Um, another tiny example is, hey, can I, can I get on stage and can I address you know, tens of thousands of people um, about a strategy of a business or of a company? I got the chance a couple of years ago. Again, now I feel like these are such small dreams. We should have been, I should have been dreaming bigger. Uh, but I think that there's a profound importance because getting there gives you that little bump of confidence to say, okay, I can do this, you know, this is not outlandish. Maybe I can go on to the next one. So the experience has been great. Nothing comes easy, I will say. You have to work for it. Um, you have to prove yourself, but that you're doing anyway. So why not attach a nice goal at the end of it that you can aspire to? 
something not too easy, something a little outside your comfort zone, just to have that touch of wow when you do accomplish it. So, so yeah, that's been going on for a while. And I think it's happening subconsciously. I didn't quite realize it till, you know, you start reading books like this, which articulated in such nice words. Um, so yeah, those are some of my dreams uh, on the professional level, at least. Fantastic. And you know, Shika, one thing I have to note, right? The way you come across with such calm and composure, and I saw you on stage addressing those tens of thousands of people at VMworld a couple of years back, and I was so inspired. You know, I was so proud of that moment. And you were rocking on stage, I have to say that, uh, you know. And of course, I think there's so, you have so much more in going forward and dream on, dream on, I would say. Thank you, Preeti. You, you are a rock star yourself. So this is high praise coming from you. Thank you. Well, let's shift gears. And I want to talk about self-love because that was another piece that was mentioned in the book that I, was, that I thought was very fundamental for someone to be successful, not just in their professional lives, but even in their personal lives. And the author says, love is not to be found in someone else, but in ourselves. We simply awaken it. Why is self-love so important for us to have fulfilling lives? Tell us about that. Yeah, another hugely profound thing. And I would say that this is something which maybe I'm realizing much later in life than I, I should have, I guess, right? Um, yes, self-love is very important because if you don't love yourself, you can't give back that love to others. The, the ones that are you're working with, you know, your family, your, uh, your colleagues and so on, you have, to, you have to love yourself to be able to do that. Otherwise, what, what's happening is you're going to mirror um, your insecurities, your fears, right back at those people. You know, you can't be patient. You can't be compassionate. You, you're irritable. You, you know, if you're uh, chasing a deadline and somebody is late, you feel frustrated. Because maybe you're projecting some of your own fears and insecurities on that, right? But if you are content, I wouldn't say content. It's just coming back to self-love, you know? That's why this book is so so simple and profound. There's no beating around the bush. There are no big fancy words. He says it like it is. But yeah, so I think it, the self-love is important because then you have the capacity to do that to others. And that is needed when you're building effective teams, for example, when you're building teams that are motivated. You know, you can have a very small team, but they can move mountains if they feel inspired, they enjoy coming to work, they're motivated to you know, solve problems. That's so important, but you can't build that kind of a team if you don't love yourself because you, you're like you know, constantly irritable or frustrated or chasing some insecurity. Well said, thank you, Shika. That is so important uh, to have that feeling of security in oneself, the self-love, as you said, uh, that's amazing. Let's talk about something that's a hot topic, diversity and different viewpoints. In this day and age, we work in a dynamic and diverse workplace. One quote from the book that stood out for me was, if someone isn't what others want them to be, the others become angry. Everyone seems to have a clear idea of how other people should lead their lives, 
but none about his or her own. This is so profound because oftentimes we find we are surrounded with people with different ideas and also from different ways of life and different viewpoints. So tell us how can we go ahead and embrace different ideas and viewpoint and why is that important? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, we should be embracing different viewpoints because that's what makes it a lot more interesting. Um, otherwise, you become this very single faceted person who has just one viewpoint and you can, you almost become predictable and, and hence forgettable, actually. And then people are not going to even want to be discussing with you because what new ideas are you going to bring to the table? If on the other hand, whether you agree or disagree is a different matter, but at least you're open to the idea of discussing with other people or discussing different viewpoints. You're going to come to the table ready to balance that out or ready to weigh in the pros and cons of both. Then you're an interesting person to discuss, to strategize, to collaborate. Otherwise, not you, you lose your own relevancy. Um, so if nothing else, if not to do the right thing, which requires you to actually be open-minded and listen to different viewpoints. If you only want to think about it from your perspective, just to stay interesting and relevant and hence be more effective, I think it's important to, to hear the different viewpoints. That's a good way of seeing it rather than looking at it just from others' point of view, even for your own sake, for your own benefit, it's better to be open-minded and, and welcome perspectives from different people. Otherwise, you might not be relevant anymore. So that's a very good incentive for people to start thinking in this, in this direction. Any final inputs for the audience? It has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, sure. And it was, uh, it was really my pleasure. I would say, don't be afraid to pick up a book on philosophy. You know, don't think it's going to be a history lesson. It's filled with interesting tidbits. It's really nice to hear or, or rather read about how our philosophers ancient, uh, in ancient times came up with some of the things which might be so profoundly applicable today. It's, fun, it's a fun read. It can be a fun read. So pick out these books. The other one uh, outside of meditations that's on my radar is The Art of War uh, to see what kind of strategies people have been building when they were at war. Thankfully, we are not at war. But, you know, it's the same competitive strategies. How do you build that? And it applies to daily life as well. So that's another interesting read. So don't be afraid of philosophy. I think that helps uh, with critical thinking, decision making, and so on. And then in terms of the core content of the book, you know, the same thing I would say, just to follow your dreams, not be afraid of failing, and uh, sort of rely on the universe. Because once you put out that desire that you wish to accomplish, the universe will help you. The universe will make it happen. Just stay open to the omens that are out there, as, which could be in the form of a sign, a simple sign, or in form of people that you surround yourself with, encouraging people. Let the universe help you succeed. What a great way to finish, Shika. Thank you so much. I loved hearing all your insights. I think the listeners are going to have a treat with this podcast. And even though Alchemist was not typically on our pick, I think it's a fantastic book for everybody to pick up and read. So listeners, check it out. And thank you again, Shika, for being part of the 10X Growth Podcast. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you, Preeti.